Ryan, Tony, and Chris We can't guarantee that you're gonna look great. But if you wanna stay in shape, well, you better hit the chinwits. Welcome to the Gym Wits Podcast. I'm Ryan George. I'm Justin Guild, aka Chef Sonic. And we are the Gym Wits. So um, it's, it's uh, I guess before we get started, I wanted to share a little bit of um, information with listeners because you know, obviously we've been, it's been pretty inconsistent, uh, you know, since we kind of got restarted. Um, strangely, even though we have a lot more time, I know you've been back and forth um, between New York and Nashville and uh, my schedule is kind of all over the place um, sometimes and Tony's all over the place. So it's been really tough to, um, to manage like the podcast um, and uh, Tony also now is going to be taking some time off. She's kind of got some of her, a number of her own projects. I know she's really, really busy. So she'll kind of probably come on intermittently, but we'll go back to kind of the way things were um, a while back, where it was, you know, you and I kind of primarily hosting the podcast and then uh, we'll have Tony on here and there when we, you know, when we can. Um, but hopefully, uh, and I know we keep saying this, we're going to try to get this a little bit more um, consistent. You know, I think we're in a position now where um, it's a little bit easier for the two of us to, to do it versus having three. It just adds that much more of a, uh, a challenge. Um, and uh, I have some more free time now, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. As I've been furloughed. So, uh, you know, I, I definitely it's, it's a time to, you know, the things that we can't get done, get them done now. So um, hopefully we're going to be a little bit more consistent and try to get, you know, get some great content uh, to all of our listeners. So, um, yeah, how have you been? Not bad. Just... We're trying to, like everyone else, just making do, making the best of a situation. Yeah, no, I get it. So um, I have a question for you. So I was talking to you the other day. I know you, you, you had a crazy situation um, with your girlfriend kind of adopting a dog and stuff. But yeah, yeah. while um, I was talking to her, she said something um, along the lines of someone tried to hustle you. <laughs> so Oh, um, yeah, yeah. You got to tell me. So, um, and this is not the first time this has happened to me. Um, they, they were walking down. So it was uh, two people walking down the street. And I noticed something immediately weird. Like I've been living in New York. Nothing, you know, skirts past me. I, I, and like they walked weird. And the guy like sort of bumps into me and some food that he has goes flying and falls on the floor. And he was like, oh, you know, that was my wife's dinner. And I'm saying, I, I know this scam, like uh, someone d- did this to me once, although the other, the other person who did it dropped some, you know, uh, some alcohol and, and said, oh, this was a, a, an $80 bottle of something. I was like, yeah, right. And I'm like, I, I know what you're doing, but so, you know, but it's like, look, we just, we were walking the dog. We were, my, you know, my girlfriend was frazzled and we were super exhausted. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Fight with this guy? Am I going to just punch him in the face? Like, and just, you know, am I going to walk? Like, I was just like, all right, here's a few dollars. Just, you know, and he like, you could tell, like he had his head down. He couldn't look me in the eye, you know, and, and, and like, what? it's like, look, I know what you're doing. It's just like, fine. You, if you wanted the money, you could have just asked me for it. I probably would have given you a couple dollars or maybe I wouldn't have, but whatever. They found the perfect mark. If I was by myself, no chance, no chance. But it's like, I was just like, look, I have to get on with my life. So they found the perfect mark, which was a guy walking with, you know, a girl and a dog. And I'm just not going to stay there and fight with them. So. So I would have been like, all right, cool. Let's, let's go get the food. Like, let's, let's go back to the place you got it from. I know I, I get it. It makes a lot yeah. more sense. I just would have been a dick about it. No, you know, if, if I wasn't going to just be like, no, screw you. Um, I remember that happening when I was a kid um, to my dad. I remember we, we were walking to, I feel like we were going to one of his 
jobs or something. And yeah, yeah. That same thing happened. Guy walking in the street, um, looked weird, had a you know thing of like you know food from you know like a salad bar type place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bumps into him, drops it, and you know the whole thing about you know yeah, kind of one of those New York hustles. It's like you, yeah. you, you know you don't know New York, you don't know it happens, but then you know I think almost everybody has a story of something like that happening. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, look, I just I gave him a few dollars. I'm like, I'm just it, to me, it was worth it to not yeah. do anything. Like I didn't know how he was going to react. Like I probably could have just walked away and who know, probably nothing. But yeah, it, it was it, it, you know, it was worth it for me to just give him a couple dollars and say, you know, I'm just just be gone. Like, oh, thank you, sir. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, go do what you're going to yeah, do with it. Sketchy. So um, yeah, but if yeah, if I was by myself, no chance. No chance that that I, it would have gone down that way, but they picked the perfect mark because you know, a girl and a dog. What am I going to do? So, have so, you been exercising at all? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I got I got my jump rope, so I've been doing some jump rope. Just in the gym uh, at all yet, or no? No, I haven't gone back to the gym. I'm still a little cautious about doing that. Yeah. yeah. No, I the, the main reason is I have elderly parents yeah. that I visit. So you don't want to. So, interestingly and, and kind of uh, i was i was kind of harping about that as soon as gyms open up we're going to see a big spike and we haven't yet so yeah, i don't yeah. know part of you know i think there's definitely been it's like i was at the ymca where i you know i do work a little bit and um i just i've seen one client there but one good thing so far is it seems like compliance is really good at gyms so they're really do you know taking it seriously so you know they make they're doing the temperature checks and they you know everybody goes through they do like a little like um you know, questionnaire, um, yeah, they're yeah. Really enforcing like the social distancing and the masks. So I think that, you know, they're making the best out of a bad situation. Yeah. And so yeah. far, um, you know, contrary to what I, what I thought, I mean, I think we're slowly seeing some clusters building in New York, but I don't think it has to do with gyms. So yeah, I yeah. think if gyms do follow the proper protocols, things might be okay. Yeah. So yeah. Now, so. And I, I might, I might, when I get back to Nashville, I might just go back because mm -hmm. not, I'm not going to do, uh, not going to go back to the MMA gym. I think that's yeah. crazy. That's a little risky. Yeah. Yeah, to do that a lot, a lot riskier absolutely but to work out by myself in a huge gym where i could be basically by myself yeah. um i'm considering doing it because i just i cannot get a good home workout i just don't i'm not it's it's not my i'm not inspired to work out yeah. there it's like if i'm home i'm going to do something else i'm going to futz around on the computer i'm just do anything but work out well, as, as we've talked it's just not my, my mentally where i'm where i'm at like i need to go to a gym to, to work out it's tough. Like, I think, you know, there's, there, you know, obviously there's a ton of in-home options, but it definitely takes a level of, um, of self-motivation to, to exercise. Like when you're, you know, when you're home and by yourself, if, you know, if you don't have, I mean, you, there are apps and there's, you know, um, daily burn and different types of like streaming services that allow you to do it, but it can be really tough to, like, I, I've had the issue where, and this is why I kind of, I might start just training at the Y again a little bit is like, uh, you know, a couple of days a week, I have a, sta a standing thing to train with friends. Like we do Wednesdays and Friday yeah. and sorry, Wednesdays and Saturdays. And then here and there, I train with like stepson. I train with um, another couple friends here and there, but I, I'm, I have zero motivation to train by myself at home. Like it just doesn't exist. And, and you yeah, know, here yeah. I am, they quote expert, but I just, I just can't do it. So. Um, well, that, that's why that, that we and we've discussed this at, at length is that so much of exercising and working out is finding what you enjoy doing, finding yeah. a method that works for you. So, you know, we have plenty of motivation when we can go to a gym, like yeah. 
So uh, excuse or not an excuse, whatever. That's just the, that's just the fact of the matter. That's, we've been doing it since we were 15 years old. That's what we like to do. That's where we are in that. that that's where we're in the zone. And it goes for, for other, for anything. Like a lot of people have trouble working at home. They need an office or they, they need to go to an office. Or they need to go to a place where they work. It's not, there's nothing wrong with that. It just is what it is. It's like, that's yeah. how it is. Like it's not out of lack of motivation. Like I want to go to the gym. It's just, you know, what's it's risk versus reward right now. Yeah. And that's the position I'm, I'm in. I, it's like, I hate working from home because I just have, I find that I just don't have the um, motivation. Um, they always do something else. It's like, it's like, well, I could work or I could watch this video on YouTube. Yeah. I could put on Netflix. I could just do something else. I could work on a fun project that I wanted, that I want to do. Right. Too easily distracted. Yes. Yes. All right. So I, I have a question for you. Um, the, the um, sort of this time has been very trying on everyone's patience. Mm -hmm. So what have you found that you are more patient with? And what have you found that you are less patient with just in general dealing with? That's weird. I kind of wish you would ask me that. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, need it it on, so I need it on the spot. That's the whole point. Um, like I need the first thing that comes to your mind. All right. I'll tell you what I'll, yeah, I'll give you my, I'll give you my answer. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you my answer first. So I'm, um, I'm a lot more, I, I, I find I'm a lot more patient with, with, with um, just uh, people in general, like, cause we're all going through, um, we're all going through, uh, you know, tough, uh, you know, sort of tough times. So people, if someone's driving slow, if some, you know, th things like that, that normally I'd be like, eh, what are you doing? Like, I would just, you know, I would just like, whatever, you know, it, you know, it, it's tough. I'm a lot more patient with establishments. Uh, like for, if, if like a restaurant or something is just having trouble dealing with, uh, you know, is it, having trouble deal, you know, with managing something. I'm like, look, they're, it's, you know, it's tough. I'm just going to, you know, when before I'd be like, well, what's taking so long? You know, right? So those, those are things I find that I'm, um, I, I'm, I'm more patient with. What I am less patient with is, uh, is, is basically a-hole behavior. So if I find that that's, that's like, so, and, and I've, I've never had a, been patient with this stuff, but if I find that, um, you know, uh, which is pet peeve of mine. You know, someone is driving super recklessly. I'll have even less patience for that. It'll drive me even more crazy. If I find that someone is, um, you know, being rude or whatever to service workers, I have less patience for that now. When before I just sort of brush it up. Now I, it immediately triggers me. So th those are th those are things that uh, you know I found, and I'm sure there, there's more. If I if I uh, if I dig up a few things, but in general, yeah, I'm more, you know, I, I'm, I'm more patient just with, with people in general, if they're struggling, you know, if I'm you know, waiting on a line, or I'm str you know, they see someone struggling with someone like something, I'm going to be more patient. But if I find that someone's acting like an a-hole, then I'm really less patient about that. <laughs> so that's just, yeah. Um, I, yeah, that's an interesting. I'm, I'm glad you talked for so long. It's funny. I had to mute my, my, uh, I had to put my, I put myself on mute because my dogs were freaking out. Um, but you okay. spoke for the exact right length. Like okay, as soon as you stopped right. was when the barking stopped. So uh, they okay. might, may start up a little bit again, but, um, I, you know, I can't, I can't, I haven't noticed situationally any difference. Um, I, I think I'm probably more patient overall, but I think okay. that, 
that has less to maybe i mean I, there's definitely a, you know a, a bit of maybe uh, i don't know empathy that, that comes along with, yeah. with people's situations and maybe just that like the day-to-day it, there's this there's this general anxiety you know i think yeah, there's two yeah. general anxieties one is the anxiety of catching covid and two is the economic anxiety, you know, like for me, I, even though I, I you know, I'm, I'm lucky in that my job was taking care of us since the beginning of the pandemic, there was always that anxiety of, well, when is, you know, when does the other shoe drop, which it did, you know, this week. So there's, I think those two kind of anxieties that are always there, but, but my day to day is not like my day to day was, you know, a year ago, you know, yeah, I'm not yeah. waking up super early. I'm not getting back super late. I'm not running around. Like, so I feel like I'm less stressed from kind of external you know, sources yeah, yeah. right now. And, you know, outside of those, again, those just kind of underlying anxieties. Um, and so maybe I'm just more patient overall. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't say that like there are situations where I'm any more or less than, than like I normally, okay. you know, I normally would be, if that makes any sense. All right. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> All right, cool. So um, I guess we'll talk we'll get into a little bit of the um, our topic today. Um, we actually have a lot today. We got we got a main topic. We got to ask the trainer. We got an interesting study. But we'll start off. Um, so so I thought an interesting thing to talk about um, was to discuss like the benefits um, and maybe some tips for kind of learning new skills. You know, and generally we're, we're thinking of things that are physical, but you know there are a variety of things that you know that can be new skills. But I think you know doing this, especially now when we're in a, a pandemic time where you know, people are stressed and are anxious and, and are, you know, depression and all kinds of things. Um, you know, it almost um, amplifies the the benefits and the need to potentially kind of learn something new or try something new. Um, so I guess I'll start off by asking you, um, have you learned anything new recently or picked up any new skills or tried anything recently out yourself? Yes. Yes. Um, I could think of three things. Okay. Two of them are sort of fitness and one of them is kind of sort of nutrition related um skills like okay yeah uh well so yeah yeah i could i could definitely say that it's skill so one of them is with cooking i've learned a lot new i've learned a lot of uh i've learned to cook um a lot of new things uh a lot of different ideas with food preparation now granted i always cooked but i've definitely maybe that's more of a refining of the skill because i already knew it but i get um i've learned a lot of new uh you know I've, i've learned how to grill for instance Right, which sounds simple, but it's not. Like you know, it's not super complicated, but you got to know how to do it. So yeah, actually, I have that. I would say I've learned how to because now I've had had lots of grills at my disposal. So I've learned how to really get good with a grill, right? Which actually is good because um, you know, grilled food is 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 a hel- is a is a hel- one healthy way to cook is to prepare your meals depending on what you're cooking, of course. So I think that that is um, that's a good skill. Uh, yoga. Okay, really. And I've picked up. I picked up yoga and I've started doing that and it's made a huge difference, right? I'm a lot more limber. Like I have less back pain. Um, and, um, it's just, it's been, it's been good. Now I haven't over the last week or so, I haven't really been a couple of weeks. I haven't been doing it, but yeah, I've, I've, it's something that I didn't, I, I mean, I knew stretches and I knew core exercises, but I didn't know, I didn't know yoga. So, but I, now I do. So yeah. I've been doing it. I've been getting better at it. I'm going to continue to do it. It's made a big difference. And it's, it's sort of like the one home exercise going back to that, that I can actually sort of do. And I, I'm, I'm okay doing it at home. Yeah. So, um, and the third thing, which I started on and I'm going to continue is, uh, is shooting. Is learning how oh. to use a, a firearm. Oh, so you started it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, 
No, it's, it's uh, you know, there's obviously benefits to come down the, 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 you know, most of which that you hope is to never have to use it, yeah. right? But besides that, I think it's a, it's a, it's sort of a, a, a cool skill to have the aim and, you know, learning, like learning how to use it um, for, you know, size in case you ever have to, but just it's, you know, you know, target, cause you were doing something similar archery, right? Which might be a little more physically involved, but it's a, working a similar, you know, part of the brain, you know, the aim and it just, it's, it's just a, it's just a skill. And, you know, I think it's, a, you know, it's working another, uh, you know, working another aspect of the brain. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah those that, are the three skills. Yeah, that's kind of what, yeah, I've been working, like archery has been the main new, like, skill that I've been working on for the last year. I finally got, I think, pretty if I told you, I got my own, like, I got a bow and nice. arrows and stuff, and I was, I've been shooting, um, getting, you know, I'm getting better. I'm learning, like, kind of learning. I, I decided to do it without a sight, which is, which is a challenge in and of itself, um, but, uh, but it's, like, it's fun. It's, and also, like, definitely takes strength, like, depending on the type of the weight that you're pulling, Um so it's one of those like it's good, good physical like I feel it after an hour or so of it. Um, it's a lot of mental, um, you know, a lot of technique, um, and so that's definitely the one the big skill. I think the other thing I've been working on, like so, I mean, I, you know, as and listeners would know, I've been doing three D printing stuff for a long time, and so one thing I'm really trying to refine though is there, you know, there's an artistic side to it. So when you're making like a prop or or something like if you want to make something that looks metallic, it's, you know, not as simple as like, you know, I was using some metallic paint, but there's a lot of paint like sanding and priming and painting and sanding some more and getting things to look right. I'm doing a lot of like craft stuff with like resins, um, trying to make things, you know, like, like, um, you know, different kinds of um, artistic things out of with, with resin. So I think that, that's another skill I've been kind of working on. Nice. It's kind of uh, doing that part because, you know, I can make some money doing that. Um, and, uh, you know, but it, but but it definitely makes a big difference. Kind of, I you know I find there's a lot there are a lot of benefits to to doing that um, to any new skill. And you know, because over the years, like I'm always trying something new, whether it's like you know physical, like martial art, or trying a new sport, or, or whatever it is. There's a lot that that goes into it, and a lot of benefits. I thought that would make for a um, you know a good topic. Nice. There's also an old skill that I picked up again. I don't know if there it goes into that. I started biking a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much of a right. skill that is unless you're doing it for, you're really doing it like. Um, like no, but it's a good exercise. Good exercise. The yeah. one that I didn't. Yeah. The one that I wasn't really doing before. So. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fair. I mean, it can be skillful, especially if you're doing like, you know, mountain biking or if you're doing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, if you're, you know, biking for. Um, like obviously like, like you know you like tour de france obviously has a, yeah, yeah. a ton of you know skill involved so it's not yeah. that there isn't but um it depends on kind of the what you're how you're using it um yeah, to develop yeah. skills yeah um all right that's good. okay <laughs> so why learn new skills and what are the benefits uh, okay, so I mean, there's a, there's a a bunch of of different benefits. Actually, it's one of those things where when I you know was kind of going through. There's even more that I, I really consider. So obviously, you have like cognitive benefits. Um, so definitely learning new skills, and we can get we'll get a little bit into like how, you know, how that how it works and some of the processes that are involved. But um, there are you know a lot of cognitive benefits. Um, you know, um, memory um, is is a big thing that you know you can get with with uh, developing new skills. Um, it helps with just that adapt, general adaptability. So you know you think about it kind of like use it or lose it. And so if you're not 
you know, if you're just, everything is monotonous and you do the same thing day to day, it's kind of tough to adapt and make changes where if your body and your brain are kind of used to learning new things, it, it just helps you with being adaptable. Um, it reduces boredom. So that's a huge thing, you know, in this time where we're dealing with this situation where, you know, for a lot of people, they are stuck at home, you know, stuck in a situation where they can't get out. Like if you're trying to learn a new skill that can help a lot with, with reducing boredom. Um, you know, it, it gives you, it potentially opens doors. So like, you know, for example, when I started learning kickboxing, I never thought I'd be teaching it, but it's something that all of a sudden you get good enough at it that, you, you know, it becomes, you know, a viable option you know, teaching becomes a viable option. So it potentially can, you never know, you know, if you're learning like coding or something, it might even be like 3D printing, you know, is an area where I've, I've made money. Even now we're in, where I'm in a situation where I need to, um, you know, come up with alternative ways to make money. All of a sudden, like I'm able to sell stuff on Etsy and, um, and, yeah. and generate income like that. So, you know, you know, new skills also potentially, you know, have that potential to, um, to, to, you know, open up doors for you. Um, in a lot of cases, there are social benefits. So, you know, if you're doing something that does involve other people, or even if it doesn't you know, necessarily involve other people, you know, there is that opportunity to work with other people. Um, so if it's like, you know, even if it's archery, like I've met people that, you know, I never would have met. Um, yeah, yeah. If you're doing martial arts, you know, you, you, there is a social aspect to it. Um, you know, you generally, if you're trying something new and you really, you know, are into it there, it, you generate passion. And, and we all know, like when you're passionate about something, it makes things exciting, you know, makes sure. life kind of, you're worth living. You know, I think, I think for me, I think that's a big part of like learning new things and trying new things and constantly developing is like, um, it, 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 you get passionate about, it, you're excited about it. And I think if you get too stagnant, it can just be boring. And I know people who are kind of just stuck in that same rut. And, um, I, I just don't want that, you know, I want to be able to really be excited and happy with, with what I'm doing. Um, you know, it helps with problem solving. So it's one of those things that, again, as you're learning new things, you have to solve problems within that. And, and again, you're, you're, you're developing just that overall skill of being able to see things from different perspectives. And there are a lot of times where like, you don't think about it, but like one skill, some will kind of in a weird way transfer over to another, mm -hmm. the way you solve one skill may transfer over to another skill. So, you know, it definitely can help. Um, you know, again, good distraction. Um, you know, especially given these times, so again, gives you something else to focus on. And, um, you know, it, hel it, it helps with creating new goals. So again, another thing for me is I find that when, if I don't have something to work towards or like a goal, I, um, you know, I, you just, things get boring. And so I think having that, you know, and having something where you can create new objectives or goals, like, you know, for me with the archery, like I want to be able to shoot it, you know, say 15 yards and be accurate versus being at 10 yards. It always gives you something to kind of work on and a goal to, to shoot for. So those are, you know, some of the benefits. I think one other thing I would say. Literally also, in your case. Yeah. <laughs> um, one other thing I would say is also it just makes people happier. So there are, stu there are studies that have shown that um, learning, learning and acquiring new skills makes people feel happier and more accomplished. So again, you know, back to, you know, our time right now, if you're in a situation where you are kind of stuck at home, um, you don't have a lot to do, maybe, you know, maybe you're not working, um, you know, developing new skill may help kind of help with your self-esteem, help make you feel better about yourself, help your mood. So, you know, more reason to like develop. So, um, and before we, well, let me ask the next question, and then I have uh, something that that I've been that I've been wondering because I know that we have that we're, we're talking about new skills. But let me so I, I have a question. But let's let, let's maybe it might relate to the second question. So, what's happening when we learn new skills? So, I mean, you know, again, and there's you know, none of this is like a hundred percent. But generally, what we think is happening is so. As you learn something new, your brain has to develop um, neural pathways to to develop 
that skill or that movement. That's and with anything. Like if you think about like, let's say I show you how to throw a baseball. You've never thrown a baseball in your life. First time you throw it, it's going to be terrible. Second time you throw it, it's going to be terrible. 500th time, it's going to be, you know, not as bad as the first time, but it's still going to be pretty bad. And you know, as you do it over and over and over, you, you get better and better at it. And so part of what's happening is your brain is kind of, um, it's developing these pathways and then refining it. So like, if you think about the, the way it works is if you don't, if you don't know how, if you don't know a move, then your brain just kind of fires almost not randomly, but you, it just fires like as much as it can to, you know, just to kind of get a gross overall movement. You know, so as you do that, um, you know, the, so now the brain has to kind of be, it's, you know, not getting too complicated, but like there's this balance of being like plasticity and stability. So the plasticity is, is the, that room to, to vary and change. And then stability would be like, you know, hard set structure. So what's happening is when, you know, the neurons are firing, they're constantly changing um, and they're generally changing to be more fine tuned and more, um, more structured. So as you do that, you start to, you start to refine, you know, whatever skill it is that you're trying to learn. So, but while the brain's doing that, it's kind of always exploring new possibilities. So you're, you're all, you know, you never fall into a point where your brain just fires the same exact way. It's always trying to find a way to refine a move, refine a skill or something. So that's why like when, when you do certain exercise, over time, it becomes a lot easier. And that's where that the principle of kind of adaptation, you know, comes in or overload, because, you know, if, if, um, you know, if, if I get more efficient at doing that move, I have to find a way to make that harder, whether it's by adding weight or adding speed or adding some other variable to make it more challenging, because your brain d- ha- does this great job of constantly, you know, developing and getting better at, at what it's doing. So that's one of the things that's happening is when you're learning a new skill, again, you're just kind of creating these neural pathways, and then trying to you know, tr- refining, you know, that move. And so that, and the repetition is what you do that kind of fine tunes that move. So uh, I'm just going to take a sidebar here because it's something that I've, as a teacher, it's something that I've experienced a lot. And it's, um, what about uh, like learning and learning an old skill? Right, so it's not completely new, but I've run into the situation so many times where like most, like maybe, you know, I don't know how many people all over the world have tried to pick up a guitar at some point in their life, right? Because it's cheap and it's easy, fairly easy at first. Um, Like anything else, it requires mastery. but it's easy because you could strum a few chords and play your favorite songs. Um, and so I've had so many people come to me and say, you know, when I was young, I picked up a guitar for the first time and I played a little bit, but I never really did anything with it. Now I want to actually learn it. Um, is there, and I know this is, you haven't done any research on this, but is there any merit to like something that you maybe years ago, you tried, you dabbled in something and now you're like, now I want to actually do it. Is that similar to learning a new skill or is that, or since your brain already has some sort of idea of what's going on, even though you do have to advance uh, in it, like, what do you, it, it just occurred to me because this has happened to me so many times where someone's like, oh, I've learned a little bit, but now I want to really do it. So, I'm sure that's happened to you too, where people yeah. have come and it's like, oh, I used to lift weights a little bit, or I used to, I, I did a little boxing or something, but now I want to really do it. Yeah. Okay. So that's actually a really interesting question. And I, I you know, I've got a, an interesting answer. So, um, if, so I'm trying to think, so basically if you, know, you, the more unique the skill is, yeah. um, the less likely you are to, to lose it. 
So, okay. you know, from what I understand, so like, for example, why do they say nobody forgets how to ride a bike? Like once you learn to yeah. ride a bike, you don't forget why, because what other skill in life is similar to riding a bike? And there's nothing. So effectively, Very like those nothing. pathways yeah. are there and they're re- relatively unchanged where if you, if you um, develop skills, a skill and you don't use it, and then you, you work on something else, it's then becomes a little bit harder to learn, you know, or to remember, you know, that skill. So I, you know, I don't know how that applies to playing a guitar, but I would assume that if you learn to be proficient, like me, I learned a little bit and I didn't ever practice enough or learn enough to say that I could pick up a guitar now and, 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 and it'd be the same. But I have a feeling that if you, if you learn, you know, if you, if you were fairly proficient, you'd be able to kind of pick up a guitar after not picking one up in, you know, in a while and doing it. So I think, you know, for, you know, depending, but you, but, but maybe like, I don't know, well, I'll, I'll give you a personal example, actually, um, that actually does, is kind of interesting, but, um, you know, let's say you, you're a baseball player and, you know, you throw, you throw a baseball, you know, you threw a baseball all growing up and then you switch to like, you know, football, which is a very similar, fairly similar motion, but it, it's a, a, enough different that, there's not, you know, there's a bit of a transfer of skills, but not quite. What might happen is down the road, if you try to pick up a baseball again, you may have a harder time throwing the baseball properly because you learned a different skill that's similar enough, you know, but different enough that, that it almost takes away. So, you know, I, again, I, you know, I don't know, you know, exactly how, how it works, but I'll give you a personal example. And it's, it's almost two skills that are almost exactly the same. So I learned how to jump rope. Um, and, uh, you know, I was pretty good at jumping rope with a regular rope. Um, when I started Muay Thai, we would only jump with a heavy jump rope. So it's like a, you know, I think a pound jump rope. So I learned to jump with that rope. I'm proficient at that. I could do 20 minutes, 30 minutes jumping with that rope. I could do double unders, you know, all kinds of tricks. If I try to jump with the light rope, which I haven't used in years, I can't do it. Like I just can't jump with a regular jump rope. Um, so it's the skill, same, almost the same exact move. The main variable different is the weight. And even though it's lighter, I just, I don't, I, I don't have it because I learned a skill that's very similar, but with that little variable that's different. And so it makes it yeah, that much harder for me to then do, you know, the other skill. Um, so, you know, yeah. So, so part of learning new skills is like the reason why you keep, again, where you keep a task, like, uh, like riding a bike is because you're not doing something, um, you know, that, that's, uh, it, it gets retained because you're not doing something similar that then kind of takes away from that task. It's interesting. And also wondering if um, there's any merit to, most people learn, learn to ride a bike when they're very young. If there's yeah. any merit to when you learn something when you're super young and your yeah. brain is a sponge, if yeah, you retain it a little better as well. Too. Yeah. yeah. No, that makes you absolutely, yeah. Much easier to learn and retain something at a young age than it is to learn and retain at an older age. So you're just working harder. The brain isn't as plastic. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Makes a big right. difference. Interesting. Okay, so moving on. Um, so, I, I, this is an interesting, um, an interesting uh, question, and it's, what are the best ways to go about learning a new skill? And I almost feel like the, the, the more skills that you learn, the better you get at learning skills. So, actually, dude, that's a great question. So, a couple things. So, I'd say, um, one thing to do is, is, like, choose unfamiliar activities. So, just like we were kind of talking about, if you... It, you know, if you choose things that are similar to what you do, so like, let's say you play guitar and you're like, I want to learn a new skill. I'm going to learn to play the bass guitar. It, 
you're it's good you, yeah you'll learn it and it's a new skill but it's so closely related to you know I, I, technically physically i mean obviously there's a lot of well this oh no but, it's absolutely related physically and mentally and everything so so but it's very closely related so if you were like hey i want to learn a new skill because i want to work on my cognitive abilities and i want you want to develop this you're gonna you're not going to get the same kind of cognitive benefit um from learning bass guitar as you would if you were learning like, like i'm gonna like, learn like go or something like some yeah crazy, exactly. you know, something like something, that exactly you know, something that just requires <laughs> a different. different skill yeah so you know that that's where or even like another instrument like maybe yeah. you know like the i don't know like the harmonica or the clarinet sure. or something. you know they're, they're similar enough yeah, but yeah. like you know like you probably if you're going to learn on it learn on it another instrument you'd probably want to learn something that's not a string you know, yeah instrument. yeah um so the reason why is basically that the the unfamiliar activity taps into like our working memory and it also seems to help with um with our long-term memory so that kind of studies show that if you want to help to improve improve on your long-term memory um through choosing you know learning new skills it's better to choose something that you're unfamiliar with or, or that's you know unfamiliar to you so again like you know if uh if you shoot you probably don't want to learn, you know, on a crossbow. That's not going to be a new enough skill. It's, it's different, but you know, choose something that's like brand new, um, and that's going to be the best way to to work into your kind of work the cognitive processes. Um, now, you said something that was interesting. Like, so w there was a study of older adults. Um, I think we were from ages fifty-eight to eighty-six, and what they did actually was they had them learn three new tasks at the same time. They kind of it was basically the equivalent of like a college course for the study for each task. So what they learned was um, they learned Spanish, they learned photography, and they learned how to use an iPad. And what they found was that their cognitive measures and levels were were that of someone thirty years younger after you know they they learn those new tasks so you're right that actually learning brand new tasks can be beneficial and learning multiple new tasks can be beneficial you just want to make sure that like the tasks are different enough from each other so that they don't overlap like you probably don't want to learn two languages at the same time you know or you no, probably no. don't you know want to learn like i said like, like if you're if you're trying to do this specifically to develop your cognitive capacity like maybe don't learn to shoot and you know archery at the same time so yeah, yeah. that's the only thing is, but you absolutely can learn multiple tasks. It, it, it's funny because that's what wasn't what I was getting at, but yeah. that, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, my idea behind it was if you're learning new tasks, you, you learn how to learn, right? Yeah. You know, you learn how to practice, you yes. learn how to stick with it. You don't get discouraged because you know, it's like, well, you know what, this was tough, but I got through this. So I know the same will happen yeah. for this. So you just, well, you, like we you said, just, you adapt, you know? Yeah. Well, I said, what did I say during the, the, um, when you asked about the benefits, it's adaptability yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and, and yeah, you're true. right. Like maybe that's a better way to put it. The way you said it is like, you learn how to learn. So by doing that, it, it helps with that skill so that in any setting, whether it's at work or with friends or your problem solving, like it increases those problem solving skills. And, and it's, it's, it's very interesting that um, I find that a, a lot of people don't know how to learn. And like, it's almost like that's a skill in and of itself. Right. I know that the brain, um, the, the, the brain for, um, um, you know, evolutionary reasons has, we, we have this brain that allows us to learn, right? That's why we're able to rule the world basically. But um, I find that a, a lot of people don't know how to learn. Now you, we could go back to, you could go to, you know, school, you know, school, not teaching you how to learn, but teaching you how to memorize rather than learn. Um, 
that's it's a, it's it's almost another discussion. But I find that, and so for forcing yourself to do new skills, right, might very well help with this. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Absolutely. And then also a couple other thing is um if you're older um you want to do something that's mentally demanding to you. So like let's say you know if you're let's say you do the crossword puzzle you know you're yeah. you do, you've been doing it for years you probably don't want to learn a new skill that involves words because it's close enough to what you do that you're not going to get quite the benefit that you would you know if you learn like learn chess you know so that's probably like you know if, you, if you've never played chess like learn chess or learn learn something that's really mentally demanding um and not closely related to something that you know that you currently you know you currently do um, now, another thing, though, if you want to learn a new skill and you know, the goal is just like, I want to learn something, you might take the opposite approach to what I was saying earlier and maybe learn something that's close or familiar, you know, to something that you've done. So maybe I want to learn, you know, I, I'm deciding, okay, I want to learn a new skill athletically. Um, so I'm like, you know, what, what do I know? Well, I, you know, I play baseball so I can throw, maybe I'd learn like the discus and I'm just throwing a random thing out there, you know? So it's like close enough to an activity that I knew but gives me, you know, gives me a chance to get better at something quickly because it's, it's close enough to, to movements that I'm used to, but it's still challenging. So you might want to also say, let me choose something that's like closer, you know, to a skill that I already know. Maybe you're, you know, you're somebody who wrestled in high school and it's like, oh, maybe I'll try like grappling or Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's like, you know, close enough, um, but it, it's, it, there's, there's so many elements that are different that it, you at least have a little bit more of a, a neurological base. It's, it's, it's interesting that, that, that you say that. And so, yes, that um, when you have something similar, like, for instance, like, uh, and of course, depending on your level of athleticism, you know, and we'll go into the, the martial arts thing. Yeah, if you're a wrestler, then yes, will you adapt to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu faster than someone who hasn't? Yes, but you also struggle with it because you have to go against a lot of things that you've learned. Yes. So it's interesting that when you have similar, when you're learning something of a similar trait, that there's some unlearning that's required yes, as absolutely. well, which I'm sure is also an interesting thing because yes, if you're going to learn how to throw a shot put or a discus, yes, you know how to throw a baseball, but there's a different technique, which you're also going to have exactly. to go against. So yes. you're, you're not, that, that's a great point. So it's more, yeah, absolutely. And, and so it's just about a matter of like, you're un, you have to unlearn a lot of skills while you're learning, but there's at least kind of a foundation that's there that you can build on, but you're right. You definitely have to unlearn it. And, the problem you might find, so a good example is a lot of people that go from like boxing to Muay Thai, right? And so again, if you, if you haven't listened to the podcast, Muay, Muay Thai is um, Thai, Thai kickboxing, basically. Um, you know, and uh, there, there's a huge, so you would think, oh, well, it's easy because they're both striking, you know, one, both use punches. I just have to learn some new skills. But there's so many fundamental differences that I've seen people make the, adapt beautifully from one to the other and then i've seen people really really struggle and so a lot of that depends on the person and your you know your own physical traits um can you unlearn you know the, the things you need to unlearn in order to learn it and so that's where like if someone wants to learn both at the same time it's really hard to learn them from scratch so like if you already know boxing it's a little bit easier for me or a coach to take you and teach you muay thai you know if, if you're willing to kind of make the changes but if you try to learn both at the same time, that becomes really, really difficult and almost impossible. Yeah, interesting.
You know, unless of course you're, you're, and remember this goes for us normal people. There are freak athletes out there that, you know, are, are doing this uh, time you're, of, you know, right. for, for, so, but let's, and, and I think that's also important when, you know, John Jones, you know, especially, you know, when he was coming up, he's a freak. Like you could teach him something and then it was, it was like, almost like you were programming a computer and he would know it, right? Most of us aren't like that. So I think it's also uh, just important if, if you see someone who is a freak in one way or another and they're learning really quick, don't get discouraged because most people, no matter whether it's an athletic skill, an artistic skill, craft-based, something like that, just like some people are just freaks at learning things fast, right? You can't, most, but the average person will learn just like you. So yeah. just throw that out there. Cool. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, this is something I've always, uh, I, I've always wondered, and I, I think there is some merit to it. Um, although, um, from personal experience, I'll, I'll throw in my two cents. Um, we always talk about that mastery of 10,000 hours, yeah. right? Um, you know, what do you think is the truth to that? I mean, if you're, if you're trying to master a skill, so I, I, this would be a whole episode on its own, and I'm sure there are, peop, you know, there are many people who can explain this far better. But from what I, to my understanding, that 10,000 number, 10,000 hours is, is just, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's basically a myth. Um, you know, it could take, it could be a lot more. It could be a lot less. I think there, there are other variables that don't come into play. Um, as you hear my dog barking in the background, um, there, so, you know, one thing to consider is it's kind of an arbitrary number. And so, you know, it doesn't account for skill. So like you just mentioned, there are some people that are just prodigies and they can learn a skill two, three, four, five, ten 10 times faster than the average person. Yeah, so it doesn't yeah. account for that. Um, it doesn't account for the quality of practice. So you know, exactly. my again, that like, if I'm, if I, if you set up the right regimen, you might be able to learn a skill much faster than if you don't have quality practice, if you don't have quality instruction. So that, I think that's another thing. If you're, you know, if you're just doing without any structure, it's going to be a lot harder. To it's so, it's so funny that you say that. And I'm sure I, I, I would, I, I would almost bet my life on this because I've experienced the same thing that, that people have come at like, for instance, I've had so many, a lot of kids do it, but adults do it too. They like, Oh yeah, I've been playing for seven years. Yeah. Right. How many times people come in? Oh yeah, I've been boxing or I've been, you know, grappling for nine years and they're just terrible at it. Yeah. Right. So, and they, they like, they almost are proud that they've been doing something for a long time. Yes. Right. Yes. But they're not good at it. And so yeah. to me, it's almost like, wait a minute, like you, you want to sort of brag that you've been doing something a long time. Isn't that worse? The fact that you've been doing it for a long time and you're not very good at it. So it just, that's exactly the point. It's like, it's not, you know, it's not how long, it's, um, it's really how much. And when I say much, I mean the quality. Like if you're getting good quality hours of practice in, right? Rather than just saying, oh, I've been, do you know, I've been doing this for 10 years. Like so many people in so many fields are like, oh, this is how I've always done it. I've been doing it for years, but you stink at it. So we're like, I I've always found that to be very funny that people will, will brag about things like that, but not be good at it. So yeah, no, absolutely. So I think that's, a, that's a big thing is like the quality of training and practice, um, it, you know, plays a huge role in, in how quickly you, you, you actually get good at something. So, so yeah, I think, you know, and also the age that you start, like if you start at seven, you know, you're going to get probably going to get a lot better at something after 10 years than if you start at 27 or, 
you know, or 37. So I think that's another, another part of it that, you know, that ha- you have to consider. So yeah, for the most part, I would say like the 10,000 hour thing is mostly a myth because you really do have those other variables that, that, you know, do come into play. And again, yeah. I mean, and there's some people who will can't put it all together. And again, there's some people who are going to put it all together in, in a lot less time. So how do we choose what to go about learning? Because right now we're almost inundated with things that we can do. You could learn, um, Basically, and you could take a master class online, right? There's so like basically anything you want to do. There's tutorials to learn how to do it. Um, how how do you choose something that you're not just that's that's just going to fizzle out in two seconds? Yeah, no, that, that's a good good question. Um, I the main thing to consider is is pick something you're going to enjoy doing and that you're not fun doing. If it's something you've never done that you've always wanted to do, even better. You know, there are a lot of things that like, you know, I've always, somebody's always wanted to do and then you finally get, get to it. And that, that can be really rewarding and almost like your young self kind of coming out. Um, so I'd say pick something that you, you, that you're going to have fun doing, you know, like I, you know, I'm never, I, you know, I'm never going to want to be a programmer. I learned that really early. It, you know, I took, I remember taking this programming thing. I got a stipend for it when I was you know right out of high school and I hated it. So if I try to learn programming, probably not going to love it, <laughs> you know? So, you know, pick something that you're going to like and that you'll like the process. Um, you know, that, 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 I'd say the process is important because like, I'd love to program because there's tons of great things you could do with it, but the process is I'm not going to love. So you know, find something you like, you'll like the process, find something that is accessible. So, you know, if you really want to learn how to shoot, but you live in New York city, probably not a great idea, <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. You, you're in Nashville, so you're able to do that now. So, you know, find something that is accessible both financially and, and yeah. practically um, that you can find the time that you have you know, access to a place to do it. Um, and, and like, just have fun, you know, find a consistent schedule and, and just do something and have fun doing it. I think that's really the main thing. Um, you know, how do you feel about, how, how do you feel about getting a teacher or an instructor of some sort coach? Absolutely. Well, so I get, so I was going to say, a lot also depends on your own personal goals with it. So like if you're, you know, if it's just like, Hey, I want to learn this new skill. Cause I know it's going to help my brain a little bit and I'll have some fun and maybe it'll help my mood. That's a lot different than if you're like, I want to, you know, I want to compete in the Olympics, you know, like, or, or I want to, I want to be competitive. You know, that, that is a big difference. You have to decide um, what is your goal with it. Um, a teacher and a coach is always going to be helpful because they're always going to see things that you don't see. Um, they're always going to be able to identify, even if it's one or two lessons, that person will be able to identify things that you won't see or that would take you much, much longer to develop and figure out no matter what level you're at at something. So I will always say it's great to have a coach and uh, great to have a trainer, great to have another pair of eyes. Um, great to do it with somebody. So with your spouse, with your friends, like if you can. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot, again, that depends on, on what your goal is with the activity, you know, you're getting into. Um, then that will determine if you really need coaching um, or if it's just yes. like, hey, you know what? I want to learn it for myself. You know, it doesn't really matter, you know. Cool. cool. All right, great. Well, I think that that about does it for our discussion on learning new skills. Um, should learn how to, uh, for, for people out there, you could learn how to podcast. Yeah, yeah, that is a skill. All right, so we've got an Ask the Trainer this week. So, Justin, um, why don't you share the question that we have from one of our listeners? Will do. All right, so the question comes from Jackson. And Jackson writes, hey, guys, I'm a runner. 
and, and due to work, I have had to switch up my running time to 6 a.m. Since making the change, I've run into a bit of a problem. I guess he's literally run into a problem. I find that if I drink too much water, I get a stitch in my side. If I don't drink water, however, I start to run out of gas. I never had this issue running in the evening. Please share any advice. Love the podcast. And thank you for writing in, Jackson. All right, so um, that, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's common. We've all, we've all dealt with stitches. Uh, it tends to happen at a younger age, but, but everybody's dealt with it, and it's a fairly common issue. So, uh, you know, a couple things. It's in a tough spot because if it's 6 a.m. Um, and you don't feel properly hydrated, and you, so you drink a lot of water before you, you go out, then you're going to run into that issue. So uh, there are a few things I would say to, to – think about doing um, to try to correct this. So like, first thing with the stitch, like nobody really knows exactly what it is. There's some theories as far as like what the cause of it is, but no one knows exactly what it is. So when it comes to treating it, you know, I would just, you, there are a few things to try and see what helps. So if you're not feeling like you're properly hydrated in the morning, therefore you need to drink more, you might want to think about like almost over hydrating at night. So maybe drink more water before you go to bed um, you know, maybe have like, even like an energy, you know, not an energy drink, but like, you know, Gatorade or something like that, something sugary, um, might, you know, might with sodium might help you kind of with the morning aspect of it. So you almost want to think about like loading up at night with that in mind that that's going to be the kind of energy and hydration you're going to need for the morning run. Because if you drink right before the run, that might be problematic with, with the running. So I would say that's one thing to consider. Um, another thing to consider is, you know, any, any change, any, any change in, in variables, whether it's like training, going from training at night to going you know, to the morning, whether it you know, goes to the pace, whether it goes to the distance, any change is going to cause the body to possibly you know, um, react um, and sometimes poorly. So what you might want to consider doing is even, let's say, for example, you're running you know, five miles at you know, an eight mile an hour pace and you do that every night and it's been fine. If you try doing that with under a different setting. So in this case, in the morning, it might just be that your body's not used to that. And so maybe take it a step back. So maybe, maybe lessen the distance or slow your pace a little bit and then kind of build back up to it. So you might just need to reacclimate um, your body to some of the changes. So those are a couple things to consider as far as like kind of prior to your run, what to do. So again, you know, hydrate the night before a little bit more, see if that helps. Um, and then, like I said, maybe change up your pace a little bit. Um, you know, so other things to consider. So if you start feeling the stitches, you can stretch a little bit. Um, you know, stop running or slow down, stretch, you know, take deep breaths. So deep breaths seem to help with the um with that type of uh you know, with the stitch on the side, um, massaging that area can help along with kind of bending forward. Um, and you know, just focusing on your posture too. So if you're if your posture is like mine is right now, where I'm a little hunched over, that's going to be, you know, maybe a little, maybe a little bit more likely to deal with that kind of a stitch. So those are some things to kind of think about. Um, but otherwise, you know, you know, the main thing I think is just like, you know, again, hydrate the night before, take it back a notch and then build back up and you should be able to get yourself back to that, especially if this isn't something you're regularly dealing with. It really then has to do with that shift. So it's just a matter of changing things up a little bit and then you should be fine. So thanks for asking that question. And anybody, if you have any questions uh, for Ask the Trainer segments, um, just send them into the gymwits at gmail.com. All right. Um, so 
our next thing. Um, so like I said, we have a, we have a jam-packed, uh, action-packed show today. Um, the next thing, I've got uh, an interesting study. So um, actually, I had a few this week that I was um, trying to choose between. I may kind of save one of them for next week. Mm-hmm. But our um, interesting study for this week is about coffee, like our probably our favorite thing. And basically, the, you know, the idea for this study is that coffee, you should have coffee after breakfast, not before breakfast. Um, and that is better for metabolic control, which sucks for me because I need coffee in the morning and I've been doing intermittent fasting. So I, I don't know that I can go until afternoon um, with the coffee, but I'll explain kind of why um, what the study is about. So basically the study comes from the University of Bath um, and they took 29 healthy men and women. Um, they, should they, do they recommend um, drinking coffee before or after taking a bath? I knew you were going to say something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, so anyway, so they so they sub, they kind of subjected them to three different scenarios, or one of three scenarios. So one scenario was they had a normal night's sleep, and then the next morning um, they had a sugary beverage, right? So it was like a you know a, a glucose beverage um, that was kind of representing a normal breakfast um, calorically on uh, sugar and sugar wise. So uh, the second group had a disrupted night's sleep. So and this sucks. So basically every every hour they were disrupted for five minutes. <laughs> so every hour on the hour, they were disrupted for five minutes. So they disrupted night's sleep and they had a sugary beverage. Um, in the morning. In, yeah, in the morning. morning, yes. Now the third group was the same as the first two, except they had black coffee 30 minutes before they had the sugary beverage. I'm sorry. The third group was the same as the second group. So they had a disrupted night's sleep. Every hour they were disrupted for five minutes. Um, but they had black coffee 30 minutes before having their sugary glucose beverage. So uh, at the end of each, at the end of, for each group, um, there were blood samples taken after they had the glucose beverage. Um, and what they found, so what they found basically was that an, the one night of disrupted sleep didn't have a major negative effect on the blood glucose levels or insulin levels. So kind of the idea just, you know, from that result is that, you know, if you have one bad night of sleep, it's not gonna kill you, you know, as, as I think we both know. Um, but what they did find was that coffee increased blood, the blood glucose response by 50%, which isn't good. Um, and so basically something about having the black coffee before um, eating breakfast was causing is causing some kind of insulin resistance. So obviously, like every almost every study, um, we you know we need more information. But basically, the idea here is that if you have it before you eat, it's going to have an effect on your ability to to deal with the the glucose coming in. And um, especially in a, you know in a society where you know, diabetes is so prevalent, um, we we, we want to do as much as we can to kind of mitigate you know potential harm from it and potentially contracting it and so it might be that drinking coffee before you eat breakfast could have a detrimental effect um so again it's one of those studies that like obviously we need a lot more you know data and more information we need to look into it more but i just found that interesting that um you know yeah it might be that we need you know it's best to take coffee after you eat your breakfast so a couple things about that um one it they drank the coffee 30 minutes before the glucose beverage, right? Yeah. You might be drinking your coffee four hours before your first meal, That's a good right? Point. Five yes. hours. Yes. So they may have absolutely nothing to do with each other. And the second thing that actually that, that, that made me wonder is why did they drink a glucose beverage instead of just eating a breakfast? 
to me, that really, like, is it really the same? Like, I, I, I just find it hard to believe that that drinking, you know, Coke or something, right, which is sugar straight to your everything, you know, straight to your brain, is the same as eating a well-balanced meal that takes time to digest and has protein and fat and, and things that it's just that, that your okay, body so will metabolize I, differently. So I, I don't I, know. That to me, it sounds a little there, weird. I think there are a couple of reasons why. One is just, to, just for consistency across the board. You know that you have something that's easy, straightforward. Could have fed them the same breakfast. Okay. Like it just to uh, me, it's know, weird. Yeah. Like uh, the second thing is, if you consider like the typical American diet, it's high in sugar. So it's, you know, so if we're looking down the road at things that do do deal with you know diabetes, um, you know, and, and any of the number of other health issues that come from eating that type of um, you know that sugar heavy sugar heavy meals, um, you know that I, I just think this for this study in particular just makes things a lot easier. Um, now, obviously, again, with almost every interesting study, it's never the be all to end all. And there's always that caveat of we need to look into it more and there are more questions. But I just, you know, I, I think ease of use, um, you know, and consistency across the board is probably to me. It just seems it. so then, strange that but like, again, that's how, we wouldn't that's use how, a regular breakfast. Well, I, again, that, I mean, that's how science works. You know, obviously, then there, so. there are more you're but, always gonna have but then doesn't it only prove that if you drink a, a glucose beverage that it, it raises your sure you know? yeah i mean but that's how it is and then you then you you, you get your findings and then you, yeah. you move from there and are, can you replicate them and are you know what else can you you learn from that so yeah, yeah that's that, true so the next level is okay well what if you have a more balanced meal what if you have you know what if you eat have the coffee two hours before so yeah there's you know any of these most of these studies they, they rarely answer any question you yeah know, yeah one question they kind of point us in the right direction. And then if you have enough of them and you're looking at enough variables, then we can kind of start to come to more of a consensus. So, but again, that's why these are all interesting. It's not yeah, like, yeah. you know, don't stop drinking your morning coffee. Because it's, 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 an, interesting, uh, uh, it's an interesting concept uh, of that, uh, of, um, you, know, drink, you know, drink your coffee afterwards. And I, I'd be curious to know, then of course you have to see, well, what's, what happens when you drink your coffee afterwards? What's the, what's the result? So, because they didn't do a study on that, did they? Yeah. They only yeah, did no, it before. So, I mean, that, that's so it's interesting so, concept. Yeah, that, that's it. I mean, we're always going to have you know, millions, you know, millions of studies, and then you just hope to kind of start to develop consensus and, and a larger, broader knowledge, you know, with each study um, and with everything you do. But again, that's the. Sometimes I think when we do the studies, you take it almost a little too literally. Not too literally, but you're. Like, well, what about this? What about that? It's like, well, yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. All studies work. It's like you just, it you, just seems such a bizarre, to, it seems like a bizarre yeah. choice. But again, you're going to choose. You, you're, I think you're wrong there because again, you're going to have to make a choice. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's got to be a choice. Like, so when you're deciding what are we going to feed them, you have to make a choice, whether it's going to be a balanced meal. Cause, cause the flip side could be, well, yeah, fine. You gave them a perfectly healthy balanced meal, but the average American has like 50 grams of sugar for breakfast. So, what but that's, that but, so again, there, there's, again, with any of these studies, you're always yeah, going to yeah. have those questions. Sure, that's sure, why sure. you always then do some more work. You know? So that's it. True. Um, so right. don't stop drinking your coffee yet, but you know, just I thought, thought it was interesting. Um, but I guess that just about does it. So again, um, you know, thank you for listening um, and sticking with us. Uh, we're going to try to get this stuff up a little bit more consistently uh, and, and really try to, you know, get this thing going um, in a way that we, we haven't in, in a few years. Um, but as usual, you can check, you know, s subscribe if you haven't yet. Um, we, we're on almost every platform. If you can't find us on your preferred platform, let us know and we'll, we'll make sure to get there. Um, 
or do our best uh, to do so. Uh, you can send us emails at thegymwits at gmail.com. Uh, we love your questions and we will try to answer every question that we get. Um, yeah, but uh, email, uh, websites, thegymwits.com, um, follow us on social media, um, all that good stuff. Uh, that's it. So I'm Ryan George. I'm Justin Guild, a.k.a. Chef Sonic, reminding you that truth does not sell. And we are the Gymwits. Gymwits.